0: Hello, you are listening to an episode of the Safa Talents podcast series. I'm Katya, founder of safatalents.org. We feature personal stories about people in the Middle East. At the heart are people who are building bridges and connecting hearts across cultures with a special focus on women and talents. Their stories will enrich our perspectives on the Middle East. For the fifth episode from Oman, I invited Amr al-Rawahi, an adventure tour guide, Bedouin and desert lover, for an interview. He tells how his life changed forever when he met a foreigner for the first time as a 13-year-old Omani boy in the midst of the mountains. Amr shares his joy and special experiences in the desert and his passion for building bridges between local people in Oman and Europeans. Amr lives day by day and he believes in an old Arabic saying, life is either an adventure or nothing. Ahlan wa sahlan dear listeners and a warm welcome to Amr. Hello.
1: Hello Katia, yeah, it was nice to hear you.
0: I uh, I remember last time we had the interview it's been quite exactly 1 year ago we were sitting in the back room of a Thai restaurant with pink balloons <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was in uh, Al-Qurum Center.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, We thought there would be a nice surrounding for the audio interview, which actually wasn't. But it's only been one year ago and everything seems to have changed since then. So now you are sitting in your house in the village in Oman and I'm sitting here in Vienna. So maybe to start you can describe a little bit where about are you how is the weather how is life in Oman
1: uh, Yeah well during the pandemic of coronavirus since that times so, uh, always people it's avoiding to go to the big city i'm staying here in the villages so the situation it is uh, we can say it quite good not bad as 6 months ago and uh life it's uh, back again slowly, slowly but still we have some cases and yeah people they don't meet so often so they don't do party or something like this cultures but i somehow uh,
0: i i cannot really imagine that in in a country like oman where you have these big families and everybody is just meeting all the time eating together chatting together does this work
1: honestly it is hard in the beginning but uh, now since since the people they understand about this uh, situation for the COVID everyone avoid and they try to keep distance there are some times meeting but uh, not like before only they meet shortly and they have like two meter distance they talk between family sometimes if the like uh, families live in the village and the child, uh, the son, he's working in Moscow. In the weekend he's back to see his family. So he's just grating and uh, for some minute and he went his, to his house.
0: But uh, still uh, people go yeah. to the mosque on Friday together or is that not on? No,
1: no, no. They still close since the pandemic. They close uh, the Friday prayer. And they closed the mosque. And since uh, November, end of November, they open the mosque, but uh, just for small groups pray, and they pray in the distance. And then uh, people, most of the people, they decide they don't go to the mosque. So they stay in the house hmm. to pray.
0: And how, how do people feel? Like How is the atmosphere?
1: People, they not get used for that, especially the society in Oman, it is about families. Yeah, but they feel a little bit boring, but they said it is short time and it will pass. It's so the they try best.
0: Inshallah attitude.
1: Yeah, and yeah. So Inshallah, everything's been back.
0: And you, so. are, you are now in, in a small village in the mountains where you grew up?
1: Yeah, I grew up here in a uh, small uh, village. It's called Al-Mazara. It to the city of Qurayyat. It's about 140 kilometers from Muscat. But, but it's, it's uh, high up
0: in the mountains, is
1: it? Yeah, it's around uh, 400 meters. And it's surrounded by the mountains. The highest mountains here, it's 2,000 meters. It's called uh, White Mountains. There uh, it's almost nothing, uh, no that much plant, but it's uh, cold and they give the name White Mountain because uh, before and former there's some snow. But it's, it's not here, really
0: it's... snowy anymore, is it? Because there are palm no. trees and dates up there growing and.
1: Yeah, here down, yeah. But in the top of the mountain, sometimes, yeah, it's a little bit of the snow. But not that much. It depends so when it's, uh, the weather It's very cold. Yeah, in the top of the mountain. But in my village, no. In winters, the, the weather especially is like uh, December and January. Sometimes the, it's uh, like 5, 6 degrees in the early mornings. Uh, but uh, now the
0: weather is
1: uh, perfect. During the day, it's between like 23 to 27. And in the night, between 15 to 20.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, good for hiking.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's but uh, the hiking here it's not easy because the mountains it's very schloch. What is it called? It's,
0: it's it's all rocky and steep. Yeah, rocky. It's steep. Yeah. Rocky and steep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You are the founder of Arab Adventures, a small business in the tourism. Industry Mainly for European customers who want to discover the nature and culture in Oman and its people. But you have always been a proponent of homegrown tourism and you always fostered uh, building bridges between the cultures, the European culture and the Arab culture. But before we go into, into the details of, of your business, let's start how tourism found you and how you found tourism. So you grew up in the little village far from any city and the city life. When did you first time uh, see a foreigner or uh, meet somebody from outside Oman? So So how did it all start?
1: Yeah, well, so we start first with the the situations here in, the, in my village. So examples, we had electricity here like in uh, 1989. So that's it's very late. So before we don't have any electricity or some kind of TV or news or something like this. And uh, my village, it, and since that time also it's looked beautiful. So when I was, like, 13 years, it was my first time to see foreigners. Here we are, like, when we were childs, child, we always move because we go, we take care of, like, uh, animals. We, we, go, we take the goats to the mountains, and uh, also we work in the farms. And uh, so one day I went to our farm to, in the evenings, and I uh, saw so one uh, couple. There was a camping next to our farms. And it was short for me because it's my first time to see foreigners and we never hear it or we hear it, these people from our family story. Sometimes these people living far away in the West and they had different uh, cultures, different religions, different a lot of things different. So first time I was seeing this, I was looking to discover very deeply I was asking myself uh, from where they come and... uh, So you spoke, you asked him
0: in Arabic?
1: No, no, I I just, I was watching them from far away. Ah! (laughs) I was a little bit, (laughs) also a little bit, uh, you can say, afraid to get close because uh, I don't know, you know, there are a lot of things different. Uh, So, yeah, a lot of questions started in my mind uh, and... uh, from that moment, I asked myself, I need to learn more about these uh, cultures. From that moment, I like also, I was asking myself what is in my village, why these people, they're coming here and camping. Because for us, it's sim- the it's, it's same, you know? The, it's, it's like normal, what we see, it, like the mountains or the landscape, the wadis or the farms, it, it's normal, you know? And we get boring from that, we see it every day. Then I understand that, that it's part of the beauty of Oman, these things. Uh, always the different things cleaning your mind. So you see the different both and you understand uh, what is called uh, the value of what you have. Yeah, so from that moment I grew with tourism idea, or uh, I was reading sometimes uh, and I was asking and. Uh, Until I finished the secondary school, I went to some institute for the hospitalities, work like in the hotels and uh, and service. Then I grew like this idea until uh, I opened my uh, tour operators since 2011. But before that also, I started working as the driver for different company and then as the guide.
0: So you really then learned it all, uh, the, the business from scratch. But, uh, but tell yeah, me, yeah. Uh, tell me, did you get in contact with this uh, foreigner in his tent uh, in, in, in your village? Did you in the end approach him?
1: Mm, I tried to get closer after I escaped my uh, fear. But it was uh, difficult to understand the language because he, he do not speak Arabic and I don't speak uh, his language. I don't know. I still remember uh, when uh, I speak the language, I don't know. Even now, it seems uh, the language is strange. I understand now the language from the people. So since I speak Italian, I understand a little bit German.
0: And you speak English. But, so so actually, this yeah. was the first experience that you knew. If you want to talk to foreigners, you somehow have to speak a common language. Not their language, maybe, but, some, but something. Yeah, a common
1: language, <laughs> Yeah, like English, and, and we were studying English in the school, but that time, also, we studied it from, uh, like, sixth class, not like now, from first class, and it was like, I think it was like one, uh, two class a week, to be honest, in that time, we don't like this subject to learn English, you know?
0: It <laughs> Why? was difficult for
1: us to, but it was difficult for us to understand it, you know?
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And people who live in the mountains, you know, that-
0: You don't think you will ever need it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, and you have boys, you know, so just uh, skip and we are like, we learning like funny word only, but we don't take it seriously. So, yeah, until uh, I finish the the secondary school and uh, then we understand the the value of this language. It's very important.
0: What is it that fascinated you about tourism and still fascinates you? Why why did you follow this road? You had different opportunities.
1: uh, Yeah, when we back also to uh, my village, people here, they don't know that much about Western cultures and uh, they don't hear anything or they hear different story, not true stories. So it's make me that I want to make like a small bridge between the cultures and to to start to mix this culture together to understand all of them. Also for the Western peoples, they think also people here in the mountains, they are different or they are a little bit like nomad or something like this. So for me, it's very important to meet both these cultures in one place and everyone he learned from the others. For that, I'm trying to focus more on the cultures, business also, and the adventure. So we take the client mostly to the faraway places where there are not that much tourists, mix them with the locals.
0: Uh, how do tourists who come to Oman mostly for the first time? How do they react when they see this? Um, for me, it always was overwhelming in Oman. These big mountains and and the, and the sea besides, and also the desert. It's also grand and very impressive. How do people react?
1: Yeah, uh, Oman uh, in general, it's it's one of the beautiful country in the world we can say not because (laughs) i'm from oman but i think that because they have mix of uh, all natures like the desert and mountains and also the seaside plus that they have very very strong cultures and very long histories and there are a lot of things happening here in the former time so people when they come here and they see this they are, especially when they walk in the old buildings and they see also the channels, uh, it's called Falaj and how the people bring it from the waters from the far away and they make the terrace and they b- build all these farms. They are surprised, you know. They imagine they come here to see something different, you know. And most of them, they, they think uh, Oman, it's look like Dubai because they know Dubai a lot and they have, think it's like buildings here. But uh, to be honest, I think most of the people who come here for first time, they will come again two and three times. We have sometimes clients, they book three, four, five times with us only because they like here and they want to spend the holidays here in Oman.
0: And Oman is, is big. You have uh, long distances.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Oman, it is around 309,000 square kilometers, and they have a very long beach, like 3,165 kilometers. This is only the beach. And also from the region to region, they have different culture and even sometimes different accent of the language. Client uh, the tourists, when they come here, they, most of them, they have short holidays. So it's not enough for them to do all one. So for that, they back again and again.
0: I think one thing is this uh, mountain region in the north along the the seaside, which I think is very impressive for most people who come here for the first time. But also the the, the great desert, the Ruba Al Khali. That is something I think nobody has ever seen before. Yeah. How how can you describe a little bit when people enter the desert? Uh, because you hear both things. Some people are afraid of the desert. The stillness, the emptiness. Some people are really excited, like me, <laughs> about <laughs> it. So, but what's the what's general first feedback?
1: Yeah. The people always, when they enter the desert, they have something. When they come there, they want to search for something, you know. Some of them, they are like skipped from the noises and the big cities and something like this. So, when we go, for the trip in the desert, people, the most important for them, they like the silent there. There are some people also, they are afraid from what is there in the desert. But when we go to the desert and we see it, it's it's lovely to be there and also to, to see that big dunes and also the silent there and the star in the nights. And they can count many, many stars as they match that, and they can count a lot of following stars also, shooting stars that they never see it, most of them.
0: So you can yeah. e- even see the Milky Way when there is no full moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Something you don't see here in Europe anymore.
1: Yeah. We had a lot of uh, people. They come here, specialists, to take photo on that Milky Way, or also when the full moons. It's happenings.
0: You are also, I think, somebody who goes to the desert more often than when there are tourists around you. Why is the desert so important for you? What does it bring <laughs> you? What what's what's the, what do you gain out of this experience?
1: Yeah, uh, since I I born in the mountains, but I love to be in the desert always. I think it is the right place where there you can sit with yourself and to find yourself from the deeps out of all technology, out of routines of the day, of the traffic or all of this. So there, the right place to find yourself, to be very honest with yourself, you know? And um uh, when you imagine, you see that all the big desert and all the sands, you imagine yourself, you are like one piece of that sand. And sometimes when the wind is coming, he take the sands far away, or so different ways. So you are, you imagine yourself like the sand and the desert, it's like the lives. So always like the wind, or oh, this the problem in the life it's happening or the rain so all this it's move you always until you start from the from one place until the end until you die so for me it is kind of i don't know but it's kind of philosophy of the lives always the deserts it's give you more and since uh, i mean um, like to be also very close with what you believe. I believe in the God, so you always find your God in yourself. It's everywhere with you when you are in the desert. I mean, you are, it should be everywhere. But when you are in the desert, you are more clean, you know?
0: Because more you don't stressed. have any distractions. You're just yourself. Yeah. You are exposed mm-hmm. to this stillness and, yeah, pure nature. So maybe... yeah people feel more their roots yeah i
1: think yeah for this for me it's especially sometimes i cannot explain it with with word you know it's something you need to feel it you know yeah it's uh, yeah yeah and i i want also what i feel i want the other people to feel it you know because i feel really very good feeling when i'm in the desert and i want people to feel like this always to be happy and to around it by the happiness always.
0: And that's also what you hear from your clients when you are there yeah. with them.
1: Yeah. So especially it's also when we have groups, our trips in the Rubalcalis, short trips, it's like for eight days. So every night we sit all together in the fires, place, and we drink tea or coffee there, and we have many stories. And it is really nice moment. So we, everyone has come from different places, and we share all the stories in that middle of the desert where there are nobody. We not meet anybody for eight days, so everybody has come very close to others, and we f- we feel like one families. And that is very important for me. Also, we are from the east. Our client from the west, but we are very close. We live in one places, and. Uh, I think this is the message It should be in the world. All we are in the same, it's like all we are humans and we should live like one family.
0: I mean, this whole thing of East yeah. and West—it's a construction of our mind. Yeah. I mean, there are differences everywhere. It's not a difference between East and West. Actually, it's the yeah. You're talking about the unity, humanity. It's
1: uh... <laughs> humanity. Yeah. 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 It's no. Only I take the example between East and the West. It should be from all the <laughs> what What is called
0: uh... from all directions. <laughs>
1: And from all directions, yeah, from all directions. And to build, like, humanities.
0: You founded Arab Adventures, your business. Yeah. I mean, now we, we, we can talk about the special situation for tourism, uh, which is just not happening anywhere in the world right now. But in general, what's your mission with Arab Adventures?
1: Uh, yeah. My mission, is, it is to have the real bridge between... East and the West. East, it's Oman, and West, the, it's like European countries. We're dealing with them. We want to build this bridge and to, to make this bridge stable for many, 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 many years.
0: And why do you think this is so important?
1: It's very important in the life to exchange the cultures.
0: So you also learn a lot need. from it?
1: Yeah, I learned a lot. And also, to. I think it's very important to find the peace in this so especially now we are in the media centuries where there sometimes everybody's hearing different news from the others. We want to make, to show the people the realities. It's not and often, news.
0: sorry to interrupt, often the news are bad news, so it's about crisis, it's about problems, mm. about yeah. war, and everybody hears about Yemen. Of course, I mean, because uh, there is really, a, I mean, what's happening in Yemen is, is really, really bad, and people are suffering, but there is no no other information than this. It's always reduced, yeah. like the, the media always reduced the Middle East to crisis zones.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And I think Oman has a very um, peaceful mission in general. So that's yeah. nice to to share that with people who come for visiting.
1: Yeah, that's it. very very thankful for from all Omani people to our old Sultan who dies before one years ago. He's uh, really always think about peace, and that's it's make us proud. We are born in Oman. Because our leader always thinking about peace, he never takes Oman to a dangerous way. Always he tries to help all the world and to send his message about the peace around all the world. And also the new sultan, he is following the step of the old sultan.
0: I think we need to talk about the tourism <laughs> situation <laughs> right now as well, because I mean, globally, tourism is down, of course, also in Oman. But how do small businesses like yours, I mean, there is just no business right now. How do you survive? Is there any support from the government or do you wait until the situation will change?
1: Especially the small companies. Yeah, we have some big companies that they have other business, not only the tourism. So they get help from the other business. But the small companies who work in the tourism, only they have tourism business, that they had big problems. Most of them, they try to work inbound, like with the locals. But that's very difficult. The market here inbound is not that much strong. We bring it from the outbound. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't get help from the government. but most of the people they try to survive by doing something else or working some other works and waiting a lot of people they close the office until situations it's become better and they back again but now we don't know until when we should wait
0: yeah Since
1: nobody the, knows. Um, yeah. Nobody knows,
0: yeah. 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 Here there is a lot of discussion that uh, tourism shouldn't continue the way it used to be. There was not so much mass tourism in Oman. It was always more smaller sized and higher end, I would say. But there is lots of discussion about sustainable tourism and even they call it regenerative tourism so that people who come actually bring value to where they go, not only money-wise to the local people, Mm. uh, but also in the way how they use the land or the water or so, so that really the, the the country develops because people come. So that would be really a change. I mean, you have always been, as I mentioned, uh, somebody who was looking after to 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 strengthen the local communities also with the tourism and to look after the nature where you go. Do you think there is any chance that this will improve afterwards or do you think it will all go back to the way how it was?
1: Mm, yeah, now I think no, it will go. Uh, tourism will be new you now, something new in the world. So people who was before traveling with the groups or also mass tourism, the big cruise or something, they are avoid or they are skipped from that, and they try to go to the places where there almost not that much tourist. And this, it's, it's very good also for Oman because uh, before people, most of the ships, it's come to the big cities and that it will be crowded for one day there. It's like we have a special tourism port, it's called Sudan Kapoor's port. So on that day, you see the ships when they arrive, they have more than like 6,000 people and it is in one small place. And this is not bring any benefit for the countries. They use everything, but they don't give to the countries.
0: Yeah, one one really wonders why countries open up their ports to cruise ships. I saw these cruise ships landing in Muscat and it was horrible. I always avoided, (laughs) I knew the days when the cruise ships would land and I would never go close there. But yeah, it happened and some people think there is business. But yeah, for the locals, it didn't bring any, any benefit.
1: Yeah, I think it, we cannot avoid that because it is part of the tourism. There are some people in the world, they like to travel in the cruise, you know, and they like this way how to travel. Yeah, but if we think economy things for the countries, I think they are nothings. Because there are like 6,000 who come to this place. Most of them they go by the big companies to take them day trip and they back in the same day. So they don't see anything in the countries and mostly they use a lot of things from the countries, but they don't pay anything. So most of them they spend like five dollars a day. Mm. But they cost Oman more than like hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Ecologically it's 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 a yeah. disaster.
1: It's most disaster because they uh, they use a lot of like waters and uh, <laughs> a lot of things you know and
0: they uh, bring waste they
1: bring the waste, garbage, bring the waste yeah the waste plastics and all these things you know so
0: that would be the hope that locally grown tourism the way how you offer it uh, that this will be stronger in the future. I know you also built a house as a meeting place for the community with foreigners. Is this still your plan? Can you tell a little Uh, bit about it?
1: Yeah. I I already started with this project. I have a house here in the mountains. I built it specially for that. I want to make it like exchanging cultures, places. So it's kind of tourism also that we bring the clients here. And uh, this house, it's enough like for 16 people. And it is in the, in the mountains and it is very small buildings. So I want to make it like exchanging cultures here. So examples that we bring the client to stay here two weeks in the house, but they have a lot of activities. So during the day, like from morning from nine to one they study a little bit about the language. So they learn a little bit of the Arabic language. Then in the afternoon, they spend it. We go to visit some tourist places or there are some programs also. We teach them how they cook Omani foods or also how we teach them with the farmers when they give the waters, plant from the channels. So, yeah, here so that's uh, let Vinics. me just
0: add, um, because not everybody knows that, that that's the water system, how you distribute yeah. the water between the different farms. That's um, a yeah. many centuries old system.
1: Here, we still work that with the sun and also the stars and also the shadow, and uh, yeah, so th- we have different old timing for that, and we still we use that in the village. They come here. It's very relaxing place. It's very quiet, and they can uh, write. Also, there are some uh, rooms will be for the paintings, who want to, like do calligraphic. Yeah, and they can uh, do it here also. From my families, they are teachers, and they can teach them.
0: Nice. So it's really about getting to know the local culture and also to find a place where one can maybe get creative oneself with the inspiration mm. from the Arab culture. That sounds great.
1: Yeah, the most important also to let the people from the villages get in touch with these people who come from the foreigners. So also we mix the locals here with the foreigners together, especially in the evening, they had dinner like in the private house with them. So sometimes some lunch or breakfast. So it will be all 100% locals from the foods, from all the service.
0: Nice. uh, At the end of our interview, let's come back to you. I mean, you used to travel a lot yourself. You visited lots of European countries. Um, You cannot do that now like everybody else. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us at the end a little bit what you learned from Europe, also from the culture here?
1: Yeah. First things I learned, the true things. It's what I was hearing when I was a child. It's not like what I'm hearing. So I find it differently, you know, uh, from the cultures, from the families, from routine of the lives there. Then plus that, I learned a lot of things about <laughs> the respecting of the time. <laughs> it's very important. And I learned that, that's, it's, yeah, here, especially in Umar, some people, when you say to them, we meet at 5, they will come at 5.30. And when they come, they say, "Ah, no, it's okay. No problems. But there, no. When they say like 5, they will come like 4.50 to be in the times. That is very important for the life also. Everything's work with the times. It will do it in perfect way. Then after that, I learn a lot about the language, the cultures, the food, the music, the writers, I think, uh, yeah, there are a lot of things, I, I cannot count it. <laughs> what, I, yeah? But uh, there's a lot of important things, learned
0: But I, yeah. I hear it. This is also inspiring for you and for your life, and that this is very different from what you heard when you were a child. That's what you said in the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's very important for me also. So always when I come here and I discuss sometimes with the people, I say to them, you should believe. From your eyes, not from what you hear. That is very important. So, yeah, specialists, we hear a lot differently from the religions. Because in former times, the religions was, you know, it is uh, making the difference between all the cultures.
0: So it's on both sides because we always we know here that we have a very limited perspective on people in the Middle East. But at the same time, it's also the other way around uh, that people in the Middle East have a very limited idea on how Western people are and how they behave. And that's why it's so important to build bridges.
1: Yeah, yeah. That also because there are a lot of people also from Western, they come here and they before they hear something, when they come here here to to see with the eyes, they see differently, and they said, "Yeah, it's very important to believe what you see, not believe what you hear."
0: So, what's your dreams for the future? If you have wishes,
1: <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of dreams, but uh, until now, my dreams it is uh, to be the to end of the coronavirus, <laughs> then the <laughs> life went back again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so limited is it just to have something not anymore that's our dream yeah
1: this is very important the life you know you see sometimes you live your lives and you never think that one day you will look down in your house and you cannot go out and so that is very important for us to leave the future now not think that the future's in the far away so for me example. I don't know. There are a lot of people, they don't uh, agree with me when I say this. I live day by day. I don't know what is happening tomorrow. So I enjoy today. Today is today and tomorrow is another day.
0: That's the real challenge in life, I think, to being able to experience the present moment and find uh, every day uh, something to be happy about.
1: Yeah. I think we should live every day with the love and peace.
0: That's been very nice words to end our interview. Famous last words of Amr. <laughs> Thank you so much for the interview. <laughs> I hope next Thank you. time. Thank
1: you. It's my pleasure. It's really good. Inshallah.
0: It's the delay.
1: <laughs> Inshallah. Everything uh, will be good. There's someone who controls this world and he will take care of this world.
0: I want to thank you, dear listeners, for connecting and letting yourselves into our discussion. You will find some more information about today's guest, all podcasts, and many more articles on our website, safatalents.org. Please send me some feedback, and if you have recommendations and special interests, I'm Katya, and I wish you a happy day.